You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. This is episode 123 of the Well Women podcast. This episode topic is condoms. Can condoms be sexy? And are they actually healthy? I'm joined by Georgia Grace for this beautiful episode. Georgia has already been a guest here on the show, and you can find her previous episode and introductory to who she is over at episode 87. This episode was everything you need to know about period sex. Of course, Georgia is an amazing Australian certified sex coach, and this is why I reached out to Georgia to have this conversation around condoms, condoms and contraceptive methods, and lots of other bits and pieces that I'll tell you about in a second. But Georgia applies a client-centered approach in supporting individuals, couples, and groups to mindfully, powerfully, and radically become more aware of their bodies, sex, and sexuality. She works with her clients at a practice in Sydney and globally online, and she also runs a very large-scale workshop and appears on multiple panels and presents on a range of different topics Australia-wide, all to do with sex. Now, I love Georgia's approach. And if you haven't yet um, found her on Instagram, go and find her. She's at gspot dot. So it's gspot full stop underscore. We also talk about that in the beginning of the episode as well. But what do we chat about throughout the episode? This whole episode is on condoms. So we kick it off. We're talking about are condoms healthy, the history of condoms, where they came from. And something that I loved learning about is like what ingredients are in condoms? Like, do they tell you what they're putting in the product? Because let's face it, just like anything goes on your skin or in your mouth, it goes in your body. Condoms in a penetrative sex way, they go in your body. So it's important to know what's in a condom, especially if you're using one. So we chat about what ingredients are used in condoms and are condoms actually body safe, including what is body safe and what does she mean by that? We talk about when to use condoms and the different ways that you can use condoms and then how to choose a condom for you. We touch on how condoms work well with natural contraception and I share about the fertility method and the method that I teach through natural contraceptive coaching and teaching. We also talk about how condoms can amplify your sex life. Ending condom shame is really important and we touch on that in the way that it kind of is similar to tampon shame. Then we bring in the conversation to bringing it around to condoms and lube and how to have conversations about condoms around sex in sexual experiences, people that you're having casual sex with, you're in a long-term relationship with, and how to have good conversations that are open and sometimes extremely vulnerable around condoms. That brings us to talking about sexual boundaries and how you can share your safe sex practices. So what do you prefer? What is your boundary around that? And then we wrap it up by learning about where to buy condoms. Because let's face it, when I went through sex ed at school, buying condoms was like buying tampons at the checkout chick at the supermarket. But it's very different today. And so we chat about that. Also, the top condoms that Georgia recommends. So enjoy this episode as we dive deep into the world of condoms. This episode is brought to you by the Well Women Academy. The Well Women Academy is my signature group coaching program. It's a weekly membership together where we study menstrual cycles, holistic health, and how to reconnect with your body. Every month, our Well Women access members-only self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats. 
including written, audio, video, and guided home study. Join me and women from all over the world as together we cover fields of ancestral health, Ayurveda, sexuality, sensuality, holistic health, and everything to do with your yoni. This is your chance to join an international community of supportive women to discover your cycle, your body, ignite your inner intuition, and illuminate your life. It's a cyclical sisterhood like no other, not to mention it's also cheaper than your daily coffee fix. To learn more and to join us, head to wellsome.com forward slash academy. That's wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E dot com forward slash academy. Georgia, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to be back talking about another great topic. Thanks for having me. I'm also very excited about this topic. We're going to be chatting about condoms. Now, if you're tuning in and you don't have any idea who Georgia is, please go to Instagram and look up G-Spot. It's G-Spot underscore, I think it is. G-Spot dot underscore. Okay, G-Spot dot underscore. Isn't that annoying? Um, but yeah, go check that out on Instagram. Um, this is also not your first rodeo with me. Um, you've been on the podcast before, episode 87, where we chatted everything you need to know about period sex. So if you want to go and learn more about George's story, if you just want to know about everything, you want to go there. But today we're talking about condoms. Before we get into it, tell us what day of your menstrual cycle are you on and how are you feeling today? Oh my God, I actually don't even know. Let me have a look. I think I'm about to start bleeding on Saturday. Oh, you're in in autumn like me. Yeah, I am. Um, So how I'm feeling, I'm feeling a bit tired, Mm -hmm. but I also did have a week off last week. Um, But typically around this time, I'd feel more bloated. Um, I'd be sleeping a lot, but I don't feel so so bad I think I'm kind of prioritizing my sleep a bit more Mm -hmm. um, after very intense few months at the beginning of the year um, now I am really listening to my body yes sister (laughs) more so than usual so I'm I'm feeling that that's kind of helped with my symptoms Mm. obviously stress impacts um so yeah it really does and I what I hear from that is that you're really just applying self-care and listening to yourself Mm -hmm. that when you need a break you take a break now which is good yeah um well I'm excited to chat about condoms because I had this idea a few weeks ago and I was like we need to chat about condoms as a natural fertility educator and teacher I get a lot of questions about barrier methods and I feel like it's a really shamed area or shameful shopping when it comes to condoms, right? And there's so many questions about like, are they healthy for me? I have a toxic-free lifestyle. Why would I use a condom? Are they compostable? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like all these like questions. And the first person I thought to speak about condoms with was you. So I'm so glad that you're here. But let's jump into condoms. Do you have any history of condoms that you would like to share? This is a really great question. And I actually 
have written something about this. Um, so maybe I could share some of the, the dates with you to kind of do a Q&A with to all of your audience. I don't know it off the top of my head, but um, I think the interesting thing around condoms is that what a lot of people don't know is that they have been made from sort of animal products or um, animal intestines mm -hmm. and things like that for um, many years. But even now, condoms, all condoms aren't necessarily vegan. So people, I think, assume that something that's made out of latex um, or looks like it's made out of latex may not necessarily actually be um, because there are many different types of condoms. So I guess if we're looking at the history, there are a few um, common things I hear as when I speak with people, um, you know, people in their sort of 60s, 70s, that kind of age group. And of course, you know, either bracket of that who were around um, during AIDS and the, the use of condoms as the, the barrier method, um, that it was a really effective tool for people. And then, of course, when um, hormonal contraception came in, people started using the barrier methods less and less. And now when I speak about condoms, um, I'm really interested to see that a lot of people don't opt for them because the um, fear of getting pregnant, and this is, of course, referring to heterosexual sex being a penis and a vagina, um, the, that, the fact that that's taken care of with hormonal contraception, maybe in a long-term relationship, people um, don't feel the need to use condoms. But, I mean, you can use condoms for many reasons, whether you're sleeping with someone for the first time or whether you choose not to go on hormonal contraception um, or whether you have an STI and you're managing that. Um, there are many great uses for condoms and I'm kind of on this journey to um, show people how sexy they can be and how um, they're not these sort of tacky, uncomfortable, awkward things that you use, but they are something that can be integrated into a sexual experience and can empower you to feel safe in anything that you do. Oh, this, I love that condoms can be sexy. Yeah. Like in my mind, I'm like, maybe that's going to be the podcast title. Um, <laughs> but I love that because I, I feel that a lot of people wouldn't think in that, in that train of thought that, okay, condoms can be really sexy and it can be a sexual, like a very sexy thing. But I also consider condoms to be a backup method too. So if someone is on the contraceptive pill, sometimes they feel like a condom is like going to be the backup or mm. especially during, you know, that fertile phase of your cycle, if you're using natural contraception where there is no hormonal, you know, um, I guess impact and change through taking or having an IUD or taking the pill, contraceptive pill, condoms are a really good backup method, but also very advised to use as a barrier method through that fertile phase. But are condoms really healthy? Mm. So not all condoms are made equally. Um, that when we're looking at the type or the quality or the ingredients, not all are. And I think that's why some people have this experience where it's felt gross or it's smelt gross or it's had made them have a reaction or things like that, um, that 
you know, not all condoms are healthy, but there certainly are some on the market now that are good for you. So I guess if you're intending to invest in your condoms, it's always really useful to make sure you look at the ingredients that they use. Um, so there is a, a great company that I work with, Frenchy. They have the list of um, ingredients in their condoms on their website. So you can literally great. look and see every single thing that's in it um, and make sure that it is body safe because up until now, in, particularly in the sexual wellness space, it's not um, regulated enough in that um, looking at the safety of the materials that are used. Now we're in this sort of sexual wellness revolution where emerging sexual wellness companies are ensuring that they are educating and communicating about the exact products that they use. Mm. So, um Yes, I guess looking at what it's made out of, is it made out of 100% vegan latex? Um, is it, if it's lubricated, are, are the lubes body safe or do they have any harmful ingredients? Because we know that a lot of lubes also contain harmful ingredients. Um, then also looking at the certain types that you're using. So some um, have a spermicide coated layer and spermicide kills sperm yes yes so herbicide kills herbs (laughs) spermicide kills sperm (laughs) you got it so yeah I think that it's always I mean some people opt for that um I think it's always you know to to be aware of the certain things that you're putting in your body make sure you do your research just like you do with anything Mm. um so Then if we're looking at are they healthy, I once you find this condom and you don't actually have to do much research, just go check out Frenchie because they've got all the information there. I'll pop all the links in the show notes for everyone listening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, if we're looking at what healthy is, of course you want to make sure the ingredients are safe, body safe, that they're natural, there's no... And when um, you say body safe, can you just explain what is body safe? Because I feel... When you say body safe, are we talking like my mind's going in a million directions? I have a pretty good idea of what it could be, but are we talking about the mm-hmm. fact that is the body absorbing the material as the penis is entering the vulva, vagina, through the, like in the yoni? Or are we talking about body safe being that, um, you know, it could damage the yoni environment and the yoni ph level are we talking about changing the cervical mucus are we Mm. like what are we talking about with body safe yeah for sure and this is a great question because i think as a whole the term body safe and natural is used fairly sort of flippantly um but essentially what it's looking at is um products like lubes or condoms that have lubricants in it a lot of them can dry out the vagina. And so I guess, you know, they may be communicated saying things like, um, you know, lube that, you know, feels good. It's, it's lube is there to add more slide and glide and all of these things. But well, like that slide and glide. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Trademark that one. Um, But if they have harmful chemicals in it, then it will actually do the opposite and it will um, dry out the vagina and it can be you know really harmful of course to the bacteria um 
so yes body safe is looking at a whole range of things in awesome. terms of the ingredients you know how the impact that it has on the genitals um the the um the fact that it's natural what it's been using it could also um refer to whether it's vegan or not vegan um it being tga approved and registered so and that's the therapeutic good therapeutics goods act australia um yes. kind of like it's I, after working in food science manufacturing, I describe that as like the female of the female, the Australian version of the FDA. Yes. Yes. And is the body safe stuff the same for men? Like we we talked about drying out the vagina and, you know, changing that potentially for for women, but what about penis owners? Yeah. Well, I guess it, because they're different parts of the body, different organs, um, it it can have a different impact. So some people do have latex allergies. um, So then you'd need to look at a different kind of condom. Um, But ultimately, you know, anything you put on in around your body, it's best to, especially in sensitive areas like Mm -hmm. your genitals, it's always best to ensure that they are body safe especially if you are having penetrative sex with someone with a vagina, then that is going to, of course, have an impact on their body. Um, but yeah, it's when it comes to sexual wellness products, they're you know sensitive parts of the body. So it's always best to choose, you know, really high quality products. Treat it like a baby. You wouldn't just yes. give shittiest things to your child, you know, nurture that thing. <laughs> that might be a bit troubling. Treat your genitals like a like baby. A baby. <laughs> it, could, it, could, it could be, depending on, yes, actually, thinking about <laughs> everything sexually. Um, yeah, okay. So moving on. <laughs> before we spoke, before I interrupted and asked you to explain on body safe, uh, we were talking about the fact that you know not all condoms are made equally and how yeah. like the, the the brand that you recommend Frenchie and I've mm. actually never heard of them before that they list all of the ingredients so we were talking mm. about like the manufacturing and like what's actually in condoms yes. so let's proceed there <laughs> yes awesome so I guess um if you're wanting to um make sure you know what you know is in your condoms go and look at the site and see where they source their ingredients from, see what they're made from. If you go on to the Frenchie site, you can see that it's made with natural rubber latex, hyaluronic acid, which is the wonderful um, uh, skincare. Uh, I was like, she's touching, her, she's touching her cheeks. <laughs> is that plumpness? Plumpness. Is that, is, is, is that the glowingness? <laughs> Um, which has become really popular for the hydrating quality that it has. So people are using it on their face, but it also um, can feel and be really hydrating for your genitals too. Mm. Hyaluronic acid as the lubricant, there's cornstarch powder and magnesium carbonate. And then it's also made without parabens, animal products, synthetic colorants, petrochemicals, which is really scary that a lot of... Um, condoms do have petrochemicals, um, synthetic flavoring, glycerin, gluten, fragrance, all of those things. Um, so I, I don't want to kind of scare anyone because that I think most people have um, used products, condoms that they were given in their sex ed class or mm. that they had, they got it 
at an event but um yeah or a one night stand and you don't have one but they do when you're like oh well i don't want to not use one okay exactly and then all of a sudden you're dry down there for the next three days you don't know what's going on (laughs) yeah yeah or you feel uncomfortable or or it just doesn't feel that great during sex because it's you know a shitty product Mm. so yeah, research is always your friend and figure out what works for you. And awesome. making sure that whatever you're using, there's complete transparency around what goes into it. I love that companies like Frenchie, and I feel like this is going to be a podcast episode promoting <laughs> Frenchie. Should we should we sell the episode to them? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's great that companies are listing everything because it was only not that many years ago that we started to discover the difference between a food standard and pharmaceutical standard in food manufacturing and how you don't have to really show everything that's in the food and something that's crazy. And I don't, I'm not a dog mum yet, but animals, animal products don't show everything. I remember shopping for bed linen and or pillows and they're not actually telling me everything that's in the pillow and so it's interesting um, that now I guess sexual education companies and sexual product companies like condoms or condom companies are now disclosing all of that stuff and just being transparent and that really builds good relationships with their consumers too which is awesome so a good question is let's just say And I actually asked my partner this this morning. I was like, so we're having a chat today about condoms. What questions would you have about condoms? He's like, well, how to pick a good condom. Mm. And so it's like shopping in the aisle, like you're in the supermarket aisle or the pharmacy aisle or sex Mm. store aisle, wherever you go to buy condoms. Um, Service stations, I think they have them too. And you're standing there and you're like, oh, which one do I get? And I asked him like, well, how would you purchase? And he's like, well, based on the best looking brand, like the best Mm. color of the box and the best name. Because that's what I would choose from. I'm like, dude, do your research. So (laughs) how would you choose a good condom? Yeah. So I guess if you're going into a servo or, uh, you know, the quick dash into a supermarket, there may not be the range that um, you want or need. But luckily, a lot of sexual wellness companies are available online. So the first thing that I think is important when you're looking at what you need from your sexual wellness products is to ask yourself, what do I need from this? How am I having sex? What do I need protection from? So Mm -hmm. is the condom for penetrative sex with a penis and a vagina? Um, Is it uh, two vulva owners who want that physical barrier that they may opt for a dental dam, which is essentially a sheet of latex that can go across the the um, vulva. It's a whole um, new world. I didn't even know they existed. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yes. Cool. Yeah. A lot of um, a lot of people don't know that. Also, can go on um, on the bum, on the anus, if you're wanting mm-hmm. to do rimming, and that can provide the barrier. So that's you know great for STIs. Um, but then there's also internal condoms that can be worn by someone um, in the vagina and it has two rings and that would sort of insert and go further up the vaginal canal and that other ring would be sort of towards the opening. Uh, but then there's other things that, I mean, depending on how much you want to get into it, whether you want 
texture or um, certain offerings. Of course, looking at what's important to you. Is it the fact that you want to know exactly what's in the ingredients um, and, and how to, you know, how it's going to affect your body? Um, but yeah, just getting really clear on your sexual needs and um, finding the right product for you from there. Also always really great to be prepared for these things. I hear it all the time from people how sexy it is when someone has thought before, oh, you know, I'm going out with this person. I'm not making a presumption that they're, we're going to have sex, but I'm just going to bring this great condom with me and you know have it just in case because I value my health I value their health or it might be I'm just going to stock up and and get some you know a few boxes of condoms keep them in my top drawer so that I know that I won't have to do that quick dash to the servo or 7-eleven um, and use a product that doesn't actually feel good so mm-hmm. looking at your needs and being prepared that's really good I think having condoms on hand is like having a tampon in your handbag all cycle long. It's not just like, oh, well, I know my periods are coming in the next couple of days. Okay. Now I'll carry a tampon or mm-hmm. now I'll put my menstrual cup in my bag. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just having it with you all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's kind it's of, sexy. Yeah, yeah. And prepared and yeah, good. Mm. And there's all of these, I mean, looking at, so funny to hear how your partner was saying um, that, the purchase choice was based on how it looks. And I hear all the time um, from people being like, oh, they just look so tacky with the the black packaging and the blue sort of aqua. Neon. Um, electro. We're in the yeah, strobe yeah. disco. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but, yeah, they're, they're certainly changing and I think that they are aesthetically pleasing things that um, – people can feel proud of and because they look good they can Mm. fit nicely in your bag or your wallet or your back Mm. pocket so good I'd like to also ask the question around choosing a condom because I, I feel the biggest question I get is well what's the best condom to avoid conception or what's the best condom to avoid pregnancy so let's just say in like the natural contraceptive method, when you're fertile, so in your fertile phase, when you've got that fertile cervical mucus present, it is recommended that to to use a barrier method. And what I would generally suggest to a client is like, look, if you're not in, and this is a bit stereotyping, but in a loving relationship where if a pregnancy was to accidentally occur, that you would both be over the moon about it, then using a barrier method is generally a great idea. So then the question is, well, how do I choose a barrier method? So are there specific condoms that are more suited to avoiding conception as opposed to not getting an STI or an STD, or is it all kind of the same? Well, I guess, yeah. I mean, if we're looking at barrier methods, so a barrier method being a dental dam that goes externally, um, that's not going to protect you from conception. Um, But I'm not exactly sure on the stats. I think it's like condoms are 99% effective. Yeah, they're up, they're in the high 90s. Yeah, yeah. 
for me, it's it's not so much the the type of condom, but it's looking at the you know where you're buying it from, the quality? expiry, yeah, the quality date, the quality, the expiry date, all of those things. Um, Is it so, put on properly? Yeah. Have you? And that's the other thing I think that for so long, when people have been opening condoms, when they come in the little sachets with the tear, open it. Yeah. Yep. And yep. You, and you're like, how? Which way does this go? Like, does it do? Yeah. And I think people fumble around. They put it on the penis both ways, and then that isn't ne- not necessarily as safe. It's um, kind of like tampering. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Um, but with the sort of the buttercup that is that Frenchie uses, it you open it and it's always facing up, so you always know which way to put it on. Perfect. Um, so yeah, in terms of whether or not there's a specific type of condom um, or that isn't as safe, I'm not sure. But anything that is sort of used for external use of the genitals or the anus that won't protect against pregnancy. Awesome. Yeah, I, I definitely get asked that question a lot. I'm like, dude. Let's be, let's be honest. Your body was designed to ovulate and make a baby. His body was designed to make sperm, to have the sperm swim up, to find the egg so that you can both make a baby. That's why we were put here on the planet. The bodies are going to do what they're designed to do. And when you put something in to try and stop that, either just don't have sex, you know, and experience like some abstinence at that period of time of your cycle or use a barrier method or use other forms of sex. So it doesn't have to be vaginal penis penetrative sex you know it could be oral sex it could be anal sex it could be just touching it could be look I'm not the sex expert here but but it could be any of those things it's a great point and I think for you know so often when we speak that the tendency when we speak about condoms is it does always refer to or there's an assumption that it's just talking about penetrative sex but penetrative sex of course is one way to have sex and it can feel really Mm. wonderful but it's just one way and if we can really normalize and prioritize talking about all these other wonderful ways that you can have sex when maybe you feel slightly concerned or nervous or you want to be really careful at particular times of the month there's always so many other ways that you can feel sexually fulfilled or curious with Mm -hmm. another person. So yeah, you can always get creative. Totally. And I just want to add in there before I ask the next question that it is really great in your fertile phase when you're in that peak ovulation, like that's a great time to Mm self-pleasure, you know, and because you're more wet and moist, if not slippery than regular, and if you're wanting to look, remember, I'm not the sex coach, but I like to, I like to encourage my clients that if they're not sexually active with a partner or they're really horny at that time, like, and they don't want to have sex because of pre- pregnancy potentially is self-pleasure, you know, dive mm. deeper into like experience different os- orgasmic pleasure at that period of your cycle. I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my Vedic Woman Masterclass. Do you like Ayurveda? interested in the Ayurvedic way and how to live as an Ayurvedic woman or bring in ancestral traditions, this masterclass was designed to bliss your heart out, activate your body and awaken ancestral traditions. Throughout this two-hour live masterclass, you'll learn the fundamentals of Ayurveda through doshas, 
Ayurvedic elements, and the qualities to bring your body back into harmony. These teachings also weave in women's health awareness through hormones, menstrual cycle, emotions, and Ayurvedic psychology. Download the PDF worksheets that go with this masterclass and work through them with me as I guide you through the daily Ayurvedic rhythm and how you can apply this in the modern Western world, how to balance imbalances in your doshas, the Ayurvedic food elements that support women's health, and how you can connect with the fundamentals of each of your doshas, vata, pitta, and kapha. To learn more about this masterclass, head to Wellsome dot com forward slash shop that's w-e-l-l-s-o-m-e dot com forward slash shop and use the code cycle love to save 20 percent off next question do condoms hinder your sex life or do they amplify your sex life because i feel like there's a lot of like no no condoms just feel terrible like it just it just makes sex like shit (laughs) like horrible experience so let's talk about that like that topic of conversation like do condoms hinder our sex life or can they amplify sex life what are your thoughts well i mean i i believe and teach that condoms are there to make sex even better safer and to support you in feeling more secure in your body and whatever you're doing whether that is for the um, physical barrier of safe sex practices or whether it comes to um pregnancy prevention mm-hmm. so yes condoms are there to make sex even better although i do hear this idea a lot because i think a lot of people have had not so great experiences with condoms whether it's not felt good or it's been fumbly or it's taken a moment to get it right and in their words kills the mood but if we're using this language in that safe sex practices kill the mood, I think it's really dangerous. And I think that any time that you're um, sort of convincing or coercing someone to not use a condom because you think it's going to kill the mood, that is essentially engaging in non-consensual sexual practices. Um, if someone wants to use a condom and it's um, you know, valuable for them and you try to get them to do otherwise it that's not a, a safe way to practice consensual sex so ultimately I think the best thing to do is to have a conversation about it out of the sexual context because with arousal when you're turned on you may be wanting to follow the pleasure um, that often also you may not be thinking as straight as you do when you're not turned on and aroused emotion is high logic is low Exactly. And you're, you're enjoying it and you're wanting to keep things flowing. You're wanting to keep the arousal building. So have the conversation um, before and talk about how do you both like to have sex? And that could be as simple as I like to practice safe sex. It really turns me on when I know that people are um, have the same approach and I, I don't want to have sex without it, but also it's having or starting that conversation with someone, um, asking them how they feel, what is important to them so that everyone feels safe and respected. And if you do hear people say it kills the mood, challenge that perception, challenge that discussion, because you shouldn't be made to feel like you're killing the mood by practicing consensual sex. And I also hear this all the time when people say, I don't want to talk about 
sex or I don't want to talk about what I want or I don't want to discuss consent because I think that's going to kill the mood. But if you think that having a conversation is killing the mood, but you're, you know, able to get naked, put things inside of each other's bodies, swap bodily fluids and, you know, do all of these things, but the talking is the embarrassing thing that's going to kill the mood. That just is a, a logic that kind of shuts us down and shuts down communication and shuts down the voicing of desires, which we really do need to change. So for mm. anyone who has had an experience, and I think a lot of people are really Most. familiar with this, yeah, that feeling of either thinking it yourself or um, someone saying it to you, it is okay to learn new practices and to do things differently and to challenge how you think and why you think that. Is it because you've seen it? Is it because you've heard it? Is it because you believe it? And what would be more useful for you so that you feel safe, respected and protected when you're having sex? Such a great response. Having safe sex practice conversations actually it can amplify the sexual experience in my mind mm. plus it can be very arousing mm. <laughs> you know even yeah. just talking about it and I you mentioned that um and I guess this is just my vision of it stereotyping that the woman would feel bad if hang on she would feel like she's killing the beef beef hang on how the fuck do I word this <laughs> if she said to him in a heterosexual experience hey let's use a condom. And he was like, God, you're killing the mood. And then that, that feeling is then put on the woman. It's actually the woman's responsibility to allow that to affect her or not affect her, but she might feel like that and then not say that she'd like to use a condom. Mm. Yeah. So you might be feeling that based on someone else's reaction, but then I feel like a lot of women from just my experience in talking about sex through natural fertility is that a lot of women don't voice what's important to them and therefore they kind of just get stuck in that emotion or that shameful feeling because they're like, oh, you know, imagine in like a sexual experience if you're like, God, I really want you to like roll me over and take me from behind. Like as an example, some women would feel really shamed about that as opposed to, you know, just being like, God, in their mind, I really wish you would roll me over and just take me from behind. God, okay, maybe next time. Mm, yeah. <laughs> And if that's you, like start to open up that conversation. So how would you suggest starting a conversation around safe sex practices? I know you mentioned outside of sexual experience, but what are some good lines to be like, hey, I'd love to like chat about, you know, safe sex practices. Do you just go right there or do you like, hey, let's talk about sex last night or let's talk about, you know, us being quite sexually active? Yeah, so there are so many different ways that you can approach this. I guess it, like the the different relationship style you're in will possibly change it so if it's um you're having sex for the first time it might be um hey I'm I'm really into this I know we're going back to mine um it's really important for me you know if we do have sex and if you're into that that um we use uh, physical protection and condoms um how do you feel about that and then if they say oh I don't want to then you go okay well then you know maybe we won't have sex tonight. Because See ya. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's totally okay. If your sexual preferences and choices don't align, just because you thought you were going to do something, it doesn't mean that that's necessarily going to happen. Mm. But then it might also be the fact that you've slept together and you didn't use a 
a condom in previous sexual experiences and now you're thinking oh, I really do want to start using condoms or physical barriers but I don't know how to bring it up because we've been doing it a certain way for so long you really good something. example yeah yeah and I think really common too but you could say something like you know I've, I love having sex with you I find it really exciting and really fulfilling and you know whatever adjectives you want to use there um, and I have been thinking about what would make it even sexier or even more pleasurable for me and I've realized that being safe and practicing safe sex would make it even better for me Um, so I want to start using condoms and then have the conversation from there Mm. and then it could also be that you're in a you know committed relationship and you've been together for a long time and you've maybe started with condoms and now you're not using them anymore because you have another form of contraception and it might be referencing something like this podcast and say hey I, I listened to this really interesting thing or I read this really interesting article talking about the pleasure the safety and the necessity of um, contraception and I want to explore this with you and this is how I want to have sex from now on so anyone at any stage you can change how you have sex always having a conversation about it anytime you're doing something new whether it is using condoms or inviting a toy or you know, using lube or trying a new sexual experience, always having a conversation about it will support you um, in integrating that into the experience, opening up the dialogue, but then sticking to your values because it is likely that everyone has different things that they want and need. That is the beauty of sex and pleasure Um, but staying true to yourself and knowing what is important for you and what are your non-negotiables will um, really make sure that you're having sex in the um, best way for you these are such beautiful guiding tips really they're tips because knowing what your sexual boundaries are and what's ultimately like this is a hell no or hell yes is so important and I like to think about it. If you can't communicate with yourself openly on certain topics or certain aspects, then how are you going to be able to communicate them with others? Mm. Yes. And I feel that it's also as important because I know you were speaking before about the, if we're talking about a a heterosexual relationship that the, um, person with a vulva or woman might feel like she has to do something that is sort of if some if the man or person with a penis doesn't want to use a condom then she'll just have to go along with it but I find that this happens with all people all gender all genitals that um, some people sort of use them and um, uh, find them really important and then others don't regardless of their gender so it's really important for anyone who is listening to this to if you hear someone voice a boundary or voice uh, how they like to have sex to not coerce them uh, regardless of your gender regardless of your genitals to make sure that you're really listening to someone and you're respecting their consent because I think that the use of condoms is so often um, missed out on the conversation around consent but if you coerce someone or try to convince someone or stealth 
which is essentially taking the condom off mid-session and continuing. Um, that is a form of non-consensual sex. So we need to treat each other with care and respect mm. and consent. Totally. And I feel like the more you throw that in, the more that that can amplify the sexual experience. Mm-hmm. It really can. And I'm just loving all of these chats because condoms are something or an area around, I guess, female health sexual health that is extremely shamed Mm. you know it's like being that you know 14 year old girl that needs to buy tampons and you're at the store and you're like trying to like swipe them through this is before (laughs) self-checkout but like you swipe them through and the person has to pick them up and then buy like barcodes beep them and then they're like oh just just the tampons today (laughs) you're like yes just hurry up and let me put them in my bag um but yeah like that same kind of feeling of shame around tampons is felt with condoms and the purchasing of them and the bringing them up in the conversation and like going through someone's wallet accidentally if you know you've picked it up oh this isn't my wallet it's like oh there's a condom in there Mm -hmm. it's just everyone has sex at some stage in their life you know whether it's they have sex once but most people have sex at least once in their life Mm -hmm. and so we're all doing it just for not talking about it in this way and I'm so grateful that we got to have this conversation Mm -hmm. so are there any other topics around condoms that you'd like to cover or any other tips you'd like to give our listeners about condoms that we haven't yet shared on? Yeah, I guess the only other thing would be to make sure you're using a great body safe natural lube. So often I think people just use condoms and and regardless of that whether that condom is lubricated or not you need to keep reapplying lube just like if you're having sex without a condom you need to keep reapplying lube so having a a water-based lube that's um, safer for the condom sometimes oil-based lubes can break down the latex having a good quality water-based lube will make it feel really great I think there's also um, the technology around condoms has changed they're now a lot thinner so when you have them on it feels like you're sort of wearing nothing but you have that you know, safe protection. Um, also, another great thing is if you are bleeding. I know you are, you are the period queen, so I couldn't <laughs> help but <laughs> think about this. Let's talk about bleeding. period sex and condoms. <laughs> yeah, refer to at eighty-seven. Um, but it is that provides a great barrier for people who are a bit squeamish around blood and don't want to have it on uh, their penis or their fingers or, you know, all of those things. So Mm. um, they're they're really great. I think if anything, if you haven't used a condom since you were in your teens, try these new amazing products because they certainly have changed. It's changed the experience of sex and it can do a lot for your feeling of safety and feeling sexy and ultimately anytime you have a thought that you know safe sex practices or using lubes or anything that's going to make sex even better for you anytime that sort of idea that oh sex should be between two bodies and we don't need all these other things that is just a sex shamey thing that gets in the way of our full body pleasure of being able to release and to enjoy sex so Mm. these products are there to make sex even better for you so why not use these tools to have the best sex life you can 
Totally. And freedom to explore, I think, is so important. And if you're doing that with somebody as opposed to solo exploration, it's important to feel fully supported and safe. And that's generally the the times that you feel great having the conversations around condoms and like being able to bring it up mid-sexual experience, like, whoa, stop. Let's use a condom, you know. (laughs) Um, All right. So let's wrap it up with um, like a final question before I ask our final podcast question. What, how do you get your condoms? Like, where do you buy them? People are like, okay, it's great. You've given us all these tips, but where the freaking hell do I get them? Now, I know you don't sell condoms, but you do no. recommend them. Yes. So, and I don't sell condoms either. Just an FYI, this isn't a, like a plug, but um, mm. where, where do you get yours and um, how do you buy them? Mm-hmm. And what brand or brands would you recommend? Mm-hmm. So I have pretty much a lifetime supply of Frenchie condoms, <laughs> lucky me. Um, so I get them Did from you Frenchie win the raffle? <laughs> <laughs> I won, I won. And I think that um, the, the reason why I don't work with any product or brand that I don't use or that I don't love because of the way that they, because of their ethics, their ingredients and all of that. So I recommend this from personal experience but also expert experience and making sure the integrity of the product is there so I get them from Frenchie I get them online via their site Um, I choose the one with hyaluronic acid because I really like that I feel like it it feels really wonderfully lubricated Um, and I use their water-based lube as well so that's how what I would recommend for anyone who's needing to try um, their condoms, it's a one size fits all. And if you've ever, if you ever encounter someone who says, you know, it's, it's too small for me. um, They, they literally can fit, you know, a a liter of water or something. I need to do a a video. They A two liter water bottle. Yeah. (laughs) They fit a massive baguette, Um, but they do. They do, they can hold a lot. So, um, yeah, go have a look, check out their range. Um, there's a lot on there that are sort of high, really high quality sexual wellness products. Awesome. I'm going to pop, I'm going to do some research. I'm going to pop their links in the show notes Love because it. if you're one, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I want to know about this, like just head to the show notes, wellsome.com forward slash podcast find this episode it's going to be episode number 123 and yeah you'll find all the links um okay very excited now how can all of our listeners find you if they're wanting to learn more about who you are what it is that you do i know we mentioned your instagram and i know you have an amazing instagram so give yourself a plug (laughs) okay so if you want to find me on instagram it's at gspot dot underscore you can, I mean, that's probably the easiest place to go. There's probably no point in me giving anywhere else because you can go to my website and everything um, from there. You can send me an email, get in touch. Um, or if you can go listen to episode 87 to hear us speak about period sex. More more sex joy. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Amazing. Gee, thank you so much. Final podcast question. I do ask all of our podcast um, guests this, and you have already been asked this on episode 87, mm. but I'm going to ask again. What are three guiding tips that you would give to your younger menstruating self? I'm going to change this up. Your younger menstruating self that you now know today that you wish you had known then around sex? 
Ah, okay. So I normally ask this about periods, about your menstruation yes. and your cycle, but you've already answered that one. So let's talk mm-hmm. about your younger menstruating self in your teens, tweens, around mm-hmm. sex. What are three sex tips you wish you had have known then mm-hmm. that you know today? And you know a lot, so. <laughs> yes. I mean, if I'm looking at my younger self, I would say that sex is about pleasure, not just penetration. Mm. Um, explore and get to know your body as you know pleasure is your birthright and safe sex is sexy oh my god I'm just not even gonna add words I wish I had have known all of those things I'm so glad I know them now I wish (laughs) I wish my 20 year old self you know my in my mid-20s had known all these things too they're absolutely beautiful Thank you so much for joining us. This has been an absolute pleasure. Um, But thank you so much. I've thoroughly enjoyed it and I can't wait to have you back on the show again. Awesome. It's so great to see you again. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag WellWomenPodcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.